One of my goals with the Secret Podcast is to make the supernatural more natural and the paranormal more normal. These are events and occurrences that happen as a part of our natural and normal everyday lives. We've just been conditioned to ignore them and deny their existence. Well, it's time to undo that conditioning. I'm proud to announce that Ray Davis and I of Sixth Sense Media have created our own Sixth Sense Media clothing line. We can't always go up to somebody and say, hey, what do you think about disclosure and UFOs and aliens on the earth? But you can wear one of our Disclosure Now t-shirts and get people's attention. Start the conversation or connect with another like-minded person who sees your shirt. If you're a truth seeker or someone looking to enact positive change in the world, why not wear it with pride? Connect with other like-minded truth seekers and become the change you want to be and see in this world. Visit SixthSenseMedia.net, click on the store tab, and become the change you were born to inspire. Visit SixthSenseMedia.net, click on the store. Welcome to Truth Seekers. Let me tell you why you're here. You're here because you know something. What you know you can't explain, but you feel it. You felt it your entire life. There's something wrong in the world. You don't know what it is, but it's there. Lies, deception, misinformation campaigns. They run deep, and they're all throughout our last half a century, I would say. What does it mean? What do we know? What do we think we know? I'm going to explore some of that. Uh, <laughs> it's a wild world, my friends. I'm going through data prepping for the show. I want to talk about uh, the Wilson memo and Kit Green's conversations um, confirming or not confirming the Santilli alien autopsy video. In addition to that, the social credit system is coming online. I have more very important information about this that you need to know. This is unfolding in front of us. It's already out there. We need to have, we need to pick up the conversation where it began last week or it's been ongoing, but we need to continue that conversation as well. I have new developments on that. Hello, Truth Seekers. Dennis Nappy II here with Sixth Sense Media. And here we are with the Seeker Podcast, where once again, we aim to challenge reality, question that which we've been taught in hopes of inspiring a new direction of thought to bring about change as we make the paranormal feel quite normal and the supernatural quite natural. Whew. It is Sunday evening. I'm about 24 to 48 hours late in getting this show out. Things have just been uh, really busy for me over the last month. Good busy, but busy. But I feel that the information I'm going to discuss this evening is incredibly important. I should be in bed right now, but it's incredibly important to share this with all of you, and I hope you find value in it. Before I get to that, I have some plugs that I'm going to give you, but these plugs are, I think, of the utmost importance because where we get our information is under fire, and some of the information that's being thrown at us is weaponized, and social engineering is rampant. I'm not starting this off as a fear-based statement. It's just a statement of fact. We need to be careful with what we consume. And I want to give shout-outs to my colleagues who are 
doing it right, who are putting out information that is of value and will help you navigate this new world that we seem to be sucked into. So I'm going to give some plugs here. Take heed of them. You hear them regularly on the show, but it's just it's just good content that, that you I want to send your way. Uh, again, I want to start off with my, my Sixth Sense Media co-founder, Ray Davis. Number one, on the, through the Facebook feed, through Sixth Sense Media, through his Facebook feed, the Affirmation Spot, our Sixth Sense Media discussion group, Ray constantly poses thought-provoking questions, and the members of those groups and those platforms, they're really good uh, discussions to be having uh, about a wide array of things that I think can help bring us to that next level. They're great thought exercises because... As we're gearing up for, I think, the next year, we're going to really hit some challenges. So keep checking out what Ray Davis is doing. i got to give a shout-out to my crypto viewing buddies, the crypto viewing team, every week. We just did our world events. Oh, my gosh. We're looking at what's coming up. What we're finding is the data that they get every month they go in, and the remote viewers, uh, it's Daz Smith, Dick Allgaier, and, and Edward Reardon. And they look at... What does the next 30 to 90 days hold? They're, they're getting some crazy hits, man. And um, let me just say this. Keep your eyes to the sky this month. That's all I can say. Keep your eyes to the sky. It's some wild stuff going on. Um, but beyond that, the, um, the information they're providing into cryptocurrencies, the impact on the economy, the impact on everyday life is of the utmost importance. If you found last week's show valuable, if you're going to find this week's show valuable, uh, I'm just scratching the surface here. We go into much greater detail with the crypto viewing team. And, and to that note, uh, they just released publicly on Dick Allgaier's YouTube page. It was uh, remote viewing uh, a creature called Hollier, Hellier, I don't even know how to say it. It's this goblin-like creature that was sighted. Um, there's a great documentary about it online. You can see it. But check it out and see what the data that these viewers who participated in, they've gotten consistent data. There is something out there or something here from somewhere else. It's really neat to check that out. So look for that. I'll have the links in the show notes at uh, Sixth Sense Media. But check them out six, at, uh, at CryptoViewing.com or Patreon.com slash CryptoViewing. In my opinion, this is information that you need to have, and it's something you need to start understanding as of yesterday, as of last week, in order to uh, prepare yourselves. And again, I'm not giving you a fear-based statement. I'm giving you a solution. Um, it's not the end-all, be-all, but I really think this is something that's important. Check it out. And uh, if you're interested in remote viewing, check out Daz Smith's page, remoteviewed.com. He's, he's got an archive of information, everything you want to ever want to know about remote viewing. That's where you go, remoteviewed.com. Lots of good information there. And don't forget to support his page, uh, you know, because he puts this stuff all up there for free. So donate if you can. Um, really important what he's doing. You know how I feel about remote viewing uh, again, I think that's our answer to dealing with fake news. And speaking of remote viewing, Edward Reardon's YouTube page, he's just got, um, uh, he just put out a video looking at Vimanas. And it's, oh my, I'm not through all of them yet, but it's a fascinating um, session. The data he has coming back, the, uh, the UFO craft coming out of the ancient Vedic texts. 
he's got some good information there. I, I hope to get him on the show to talk about it uh, probably in the next month or so. So look for that. Okay. That's it, my friends. I, I had to give those plugs. They're important. Thank you for your patience and listening to that. Let's do some news here. And this news, again, this is uh, mainstream stuff. Oh, you know what? One, one more thing. I just want to share. You want to talk about synchronicity. As truth seekers, I think we all, once you get on this journey, sometimes stuff starts to happen. And you can step back and you look at the synchronistic events. Um, and it's just really... It, it, it's like there's a master chess player out there and you're the way things just fall into place well what am i talking about? what's the relevance here over the summer i was promoting food for the archons and somebody sent me an article and it was uh it was and i did a youtube video about it from evolve and the com. and the title of it is Rudolf Steiner describes the the hostile spiritual beings who feed off fear and anxiety. Does that sound familiar? That's the whole thesis of my book, I Am Human Food for the Archons. So I did a nice breakdown of, of this article and, and Rudolf Steiner um, and then forgot about him. Well, I started teaching at a, at a new school. And uh, the school is, is a Waldorf school, and it's a much different approach to education. I'm still learning about the Waldorf method but basically it embraces the child's creativity and lets them be a kid as opposed to standardized testing them to death. If you read you know, my, my first couple of books all about the, just what's gone wrong with education, and I, I really think that uh, education is a big piece into what's going on in our society, how it's been watered down. So anyway, I really like this Waldorf style of education. So I'm learning about it and, and you know the approach, and, and it, it, I just really like it. Well, here's why I'm sharing this. Waldorf education was founded by or created by none other than Rudolf Steiner. What are the chances? I didn't know that when I took this job. I just released a book about these energy parasites and the person that created this this style of education, this whole system, also held the belief that there were spiritual beings that feed off of our fear and anxiety. I was floored when I made that connection. I was randomly cleaning off my desktop and I found a quote and the quote underneath was talking about this stuff and it said Rudolf Steiner. And then that name sounds familiar to me because, well, I just started this new job and uh, everything just fell into place. So that was one of those synchronistic events. Like, oh my gosh, how did I, how did I connect with that? That was... I didn't know that. So that, that's very interesting to me. Um, it's just amazing when you have those synchronicities. So I wanted to share that with all of you because uh, you have been a part of this journey as well. Uh, we'll see what unfolds. Who knows? Maybe I'll encounter some uh, some more wild stuff while I'm there. All right. Some news stories. Interesting. This one comes from Bloomberg. The Silicon Valley heavyweights who want to settle the moon. I will share this in the show notes, but basically there's uh, some billionaires out of Silicon Valley, some former NASA employees as well. Uh, I think there's even a former astronaut on there. And they suspect that they can build a colony on the moon for just a few billion dollars, and they believe they can raise that money as well. So they are putting serious thought into planning this out. Basically the representation of the citizenry not that 
people with billions of dollars are an accurate representation of citizenry, but they're a move away from the private corporations and the uh, the government organizations. They want to have a presence on the moon. It's interesting. Why are we now going back? What has changed? And I bring this theme up just about every week on my show. UFOs are now mainstream and back to the moon and to Mars and beyond. Now, I did just see the... Uh, I think India had a, a satellite or a, a craft that was trying to land on the moon, and that one was also, uh, it went dark, it crashed down. Now, I know, here's another plug, the crypto viewing team has looked at uh, the Israeli crash. You can take a look at that on their Patreon page as well. Interesting data came back from that one. That's all I can say about that, but I wonder if we're going to look at the uh, the India crash as well. Interesting stuff. But why are we going back to the moon now? Why is it okay now to have so much attention, to have such a push for the moon? Let's. We can do doom and gloom, as as my brain always goes towards. I mean, are we are we looking at this is like our arc? Because the Earth's about to go through some wild stuff, and we're going to have people exiting here um, in mass to go to the moon. People with the right amount of money, or the right secret handshake, maybe. But uh, so I, I don't, I don't know. But it, I think that it stands as an indicator and warning of what I don't know yet. But I think it's uh, it's noteworthy. So I'll have that link. You can read more about that. All right, talking last week, I talked about the digital identity and the massive surveillance that's increasing. We had, I think it was American Airlines. I had a story that I covered using facial recognition. Lo and behold, Los Angeles Times reports Delta Airlines will use facial recognition cameras at the LAX boarding gates. Wow. Okay, so this is becoming more and more uh, apparent and relevant. A few shows back, we talked about uh, facial recognition software being misused. Well, number one, being our faces are being compiled into databases without our knowledge, millions of faces, and now that's being outsourced to law enforcement, and they're also combining that illegally with uh, state identification databases, you know, your, your driver's license and your state IDs. So this is massive, everybody. This is absolutely massive, and it's here. And this is our society now. It's... It, you know, and we have to ask ourselves, well, I've got nothing to hide. No, maybe you don't yet. But the way things are changing, again, I, I it just the potential for abuse is there. And the amount of data that's being collected, we are being targeted in ways we don't even fully understand yet. And we're being divided in ways we don't fully understand yet. And that division is going to continue. And at some point, it's going to strike a nerve. And what is your digital ID social profile going to say about that? Well, I'm going to keep it off the air. Well, well, this comes from the Washington Post. White House considers new project seeking links between mental health and violent behavior. The White House has been briefed on a proposal to develop a way to identify early signs of changes in people with mental illness that could lead to violent behavior. Now, again, we now have the new scapegoat, the new people being demonized. 
people with mental illness. Not everyone with mental illness it, it has a violent tendency. Not everyone with mental illness is going to grab a gun and go shoot up a school. I was reading statistics the other day. A lot of the times it's somebody who's just angry maybe at the situation that they're in. It's somebody who has a, a breakdown because their wife cheated on them and they lost their job. Uh, it's not always, oh, this person has a history of mental illness. Now, we also have to look at, is there some MK Ultra stuff going on with some of these people who are targeted individuals? But of course, we're not going to talk about that in the mainstream. Let me keep going. Supporters see the plan as a way President Trump could move the ball forward on gun control following recent mass shootings as efforts seem to be flagging to impose harsher restrictions such as background checks on gun purchases. The proposal is part of a larger initiative to establish a new agency called the Health Advanced Research Project, or HARPA. Sounds a lot like DARPA, doesn't it? Defense Advanced Research Project, which would sit inside the Health and Human Services Department. Now, when it's sitting inside Health and Human Services, in my, in my opinion, it means it's going to do the opposite. It's not going to protect Health and Human Services. It's uh, Back to the article. Its director would be appointed by the president, and the agency would have a separate budget, according to three people with knowledge of conversations around the plan. HARPA would be modeled on DARPA, Wow, see, I put that together. The highly successful Defense Advanced Research Project Agency that serves as the research arm of the Pentagon and collaborates with other, other federal agencies, the private sector, and academia. Last week, I talked about with this tech being brought on and your new digital ID being created and the new digital currency coming online, you now have a perfect platform for Pavlovian uh, operant conditioning. People will get paid to allow access to their surveillance nodes and the information that they provide. Now we have this platform coming out that's going to even enhance that. The Gestapo is being created in a way like we've never seen before. Continuing with the article, the concept was advanced by Susan, the Susan Wright Foundation and first discussed by officials on the Domestic Policy Council and senior White House staffers in June 2017. This goes back much further. We know that. But the idea has gained momentum in the wake of the latest mass shootings that killed 31 people in one weekend in El Paso and Dayton, Ohio. The Susan Wright Foundation reapproached the administration last week and proposed that HARPA include a safe home stopping aberrant fatal events by helping overcome mental extremes project. Officials discussed the proposal at the White House last week, said two people familiar with the discussions. These people and others spoke on the condition of anonymity because of the sensitivity of the conversation. So my questions here are, well, what is a safe home? And the article will get into it in a little bit. But they're looking at the things like Amazon, Alexa, and Google, and other data that's gathered from your tech that's listening to you in your house. Now, what's concerning is obviously we have privacy issues here. If the government's getting involved, we certainly have violations of your rights coming into play here, of your uh, amendment rights, you know. Um, <sighs> There's just so much. What, what we need to look for, now number one, as consumers, we are voluntarily putting these things in our home because it's more convenient and eventually it's going to become essential. But what if you're one of the ones that holds on? And I know I've gone on 
the air and said, we need to embrace this system and we need to learn how to work and function within this system. What I have not said is put an Alexa in your home, get a smart TV. Uh, I have not said those things because now your conversations are being listened to and recorded. And it's going to be even harder for you to have those conversations that you want to be, that you want kept private. And this is one of the methods in which they're looking to do it if they're not already doing it. Let's continue with the article. The attempt to use volunteer data to identify neurobehavioral signs of some headed toward a violent explosive act would be a four-year project costing an estimated $40 million to $60 million, according to Jeffrey Ling, the lead scientific advisor on HARPA and a founding director of DARPA's Biological Technologies Office. Think about that for a second. Biological Technologies Office. The merging of biology and technology. All right, and they have an office. Just to be clear, we're talking about cyborgs here. Everybody would be a volunteer, Link said in an interview. We're, everybody would be a volunteer. We're not inventing new science here we're analyzing it so we can develop new approaches they already have it they're just refining how they use the data this is going to be done using scientific rigor he said but there are plenty of researchers and mental health experts who believe that mental health and gun violence aren't necessarily linked thank you mental illness can sometimes be a factor in such violent acts experts say but it is really a predictor most studies show that no more than a quarter of mass shooters have a diagnosed mental illness. More commonly shared attributes of mass shooters include a strong sense of resentment, desire of notoriety, obsession with other shooters, a history of domestic violence, narcissism, and access to firearms. Okay. This is... I'm glad they put that in there. There's a lot more to this article. I will share it in the show notes for you to listen to or for you to look at and review on your own. And I highly recommend that you do so because this is our future here. I just listened to Truth Stream Media today and they did a show. It was a nine minute YouTube video. And basically the same thing I was talking about last week. And if you haven't listened to last week's show, uh, I highly encourage you to go back and do that as it, I really went through and detailed the connections between everything, how our society is being pushed in a specific direction. And it's, it's I can't stress, you need to know about it, period. And I don't say that often. And I've wrestled with this actually over the last week and I haven't done it yet, but I, was, I really was tempted to put a, a comment up on my Facebook page with where all my you know my personal friends and family can see it and tell them basically imploring them begging them to listen to this now i do have a philosophy a policy a standard of not forcing information down people's throats not um trying to quote wake people up but this isn't a conspiracy theory this is documented this is fact. This, it's not that this is going to happen. This happened and it's just developing. But so many don't want to look at this. They get upset over, you know, Trump's tweets, but they don't want to look 
at this and the implications this has on everyday life and what the future is going to look like. And part of me feels a responsibility because I keep thinking like, what if something bad does happen? And this is the technology that did it. I feel that I need to tell the people I care about. But nobody wants to listen. Nobody wants to listen to me. All right, I'm going to get off that soapbox. I, I, I'm sure a lot of you listening can relate. But uh, this is concerning. This is certainly concerning. All right, I'm going to shift gears here. And I want to talk about um, Kit Green and Richard Dolan. Now, the Admiral Wilson memo, I did a show on it a while back when the memos were leaked. Um, and I'll have the links in the show notes. I encourage you to go back and listen to that. I had a conversation with Daz Smith. Um, I, that has not been released here yet. Daz and I went through, though, and, and broke it down. Daz is really uh, up to speed on this. It's up there on the uh, Patreon site. I'll see if I can get it cleared. I know I've been saying that for a couple weeks now. Um, if I can get it cleared to put it on this platform as well. But uh, I'm going to do a, a recap of stuff here talking about Kit Green and Richard Dolan. And I'm only going to do it. I mean, this is a long uh, article that Richard Dolan put out there. I mean, he spent some time on this, just logging his conversation with Kit Green, giving a great background on it. I'm going to direct you to that. The links will be at sixcentsmedia.net for you to go and look at that. I'm looking at some of my notes here. Um, and and uh, here's my conclusion. I, you know, I just read through this again. Um, <laughs> And, and, and we still don't know. We, this whole system is designed, the whole UFO thing is designed to confuse us. Is it real? Is it not real? We, we can, as of right now, we can't say definitively. The only thing we can say definitively is there are craft up there flying around that can outmaneuver our publicly known military aircraft. That's the best we can say right now. We can speculate they're alien. We can speculate it's secret space program, but we don't know. And after reading this, it sounds like even the government itself is misleading other members of the government. And I'll, I'll try to get to that tonight and intentionally creating false trails. And I came away from this wondering how much of the UFO story is a false trail. And if that's the case, what does that tell us about our, our reality, our planet, our existence. I'm not going to go as far as to say the earth is flat, but why the massive cover-up? Something of that scale cannot exist just to confuse our enemies on other countries, in other countries. What are they hiding? And I, I think we need to look at, well, what are they not saying? What are they not talking about? 
Because once they start talking about it, now I start to question it. UFOs are real, and I've been I've been championing that championing that story since it broke back in November of 2017. I've been very excited about that, and I still am excited about it. I think it's very important. But can we take it literally? I don't know. But this information is being leaked out gradually. Leading us to believe what? Now, initially, Kit Green in this in these leaked documents, uh, it was revealed that Kit Green had seen images of the alien autopsy, what they call the Santilli film, and believed them to be authentic. So last I looked at this, we were believing Kit Green, who is uh, a former government insider, Kit Green believed this video to be real, to be an alien autopsy. Richard Dolan finally got in touch with him, and Kit Green provided some information. I'm going to read parts of, uh, of Dolan's article here, and I will have this linked as well. Uh, and I'm starting down in the middle here under the heading contacting Kit Green. He says, immediately I wrote to Kit Green. Uh, I would describe our relationship up to that point as cordial, but not close. We'd spoken to each other from time to time over the years. He's always worth listening to. My exchange with him is listed in the article I wrote on June 6th. Uh, let's scroll down. So confirming authenticity. My first question had to do with the authenticity of the email link. Richard Dolan. Actually, the question I want to ask is about the 11-page email that I sent you, which is the one that has been leaked. It's dated March 21st, 2001. Do you consider that to be a genuine email? Is that something that rings a bell to you? Is that authentic? Kit Green. Absolutely, it's authentic. I can say that while I never actually saw the specific email, I saw the one that Eric Davis was describing as being the one he was modifying. Richard Dolan. This was the one from February. Kit Green, correct. He probably also sent me that one. RD note, me, uh, Richard Dolan's notes, meaning the email from March 21st, 2001. The only thing I can tell you is, back to Kit Green, as far as what I'm reporting, as far as what I am reported, what I am stated to have said is 100% true. And what is, and what is there as a cut and paste from a series of my emails, I remember completely as being email of what I said. So this should settle any, any, all right, now back to Richard Dolan's article. This should set he, settle any continuing discussion on at least this aspect of the matter. The email is authentic. And yes, there was obviously cutting and pasting, presumably after the fact by Davis or Mitchell. Okay, so according to Kit Green, who was involved with these emails, the emails are authentic. The information exchange is authentic. Doesn't mean it's true at this point. Just means that the emails the leak is real basically looking at the pentagon briefing uh kit green is quoted as saying davis's words uh but accurate according to green here we go the alien autopsy film slash video is real the alien cadaver is real and the cadaver 
seen in the film or video is the same as the photos Kit saw at the Pentagon during briefing number two, 1987-1988. And again, the emails this time in response to this question by NID scientist Dr. Colm Keller. Colm, can you relate the Santilli video in detail to the autopsy reports that you viewed via your briefings and reports as being the same or similar in nature? Kit, same. And finally, this exchange between Davis and Green from Eric. Did you come to a final conclusion or opinion on whether or not the body was fake or real? You say below the video is real, so is that your indirect answer to this question? Kit, asked and answered. What can be more direct than the video is real? So at this time, Kit was saying the video is real. Incidentally, I asked Kit if he could pin down the date of the briefing. His answer remains no, although he has it in his archives. Uh, I've gone, I've not gone back and looked at them to try to pin down whether it was 87 or 88. In any case, that's the fundamental background. Readers are encouraged to read through the complete exchange at length, and Dolan has a link to it. But here's where it gets interesting. Green's perspective today is not the same as it was in 2001. Green now openly states his earlier assessment of the Santilli creature was wrong. I assumed it was alien, he said, because earlier... I had been warranted for thinking in a briefing with, an, with a uniformed officer in the Pentagon that it was an alien. He later found that out that was untrue. I was totally positive it was an alien body then, 20 years ago. But I am positive now that it was not. Uh, let's see. I'm going to read what Dolan calls... Oh, let me comment on that first of all. That's huge. And I'm going to ask this question again, but if it was not, then what was it? He's just saying it wasn't an alien body. Does that mean it was a fake? Does that mean it was another being from this planet, a terrestrial creature? This article, as far as I can tell, doesn't even ask that question. What does it mean to be fake? Now, I don't know. So Dolan does a great job here. He gives some background here. Uh, he says, through the 1980s, when he was still a CIA intelligence officer, one of Green's associates was a recently retired, extremely senior general official from the United States Air Force. He also happened to be a senior physician. In the Air Force, this man's area of work was as a liaison on the, quote, classified manned space flight program. After he let air left the Air Force, he went into private industry under contract, like they all do, his classified work was in an, as an aspect of the space program. Uh, what Dolan says here is basically this confirms there was in fact or is in fact a secret space program. Okay, uh, in 1982, Green hired this person to be on a science board at CIA with him. Within a year or two, in 83 or 84, this man said to Green that the stories about alien incursions, recoveries, and information are true. Moreover, he was going to get Green cleared for the relevant programs. One key reason, apparently, was the lack of physicians cleared for them. Green was excited about the prospect. However, this man could not get Green cleared. He tried repeatedly. When Green resigned from CIA during the late 1980s, he was able to get cleared for a couple of the programs, including something that he said was a very sensitive subject, but not the ones that had to do with UFOs or aliens or autopsies. I'm curious what that sensitive subject was. Even, I mean, is, I'm wondering, is Green telling us something here? I got cleared for some of these programs, but not the ones with UFOs or aliens or autopsies. Are they looking at something else? 
Even Doran Green's retirement from the CIA with General Motors, his retired Air Force colleague continued telling him that he was working to get Green cleared into the program that has to do with aliens and UFOs, but it never happened, despite a few times when it seemed to Green that it might happen. It was in this context that Green's late 80s briefing in the Pentagon occurred. He was called in and somehow made to understand that this was going to be the one. He entered a briefing room, which was a SCIF, which is a sensitive compartment and information facility. Security officer took his credentials, checked him through, and found that he was indeed approved for the briefing. In Green's words, an officer came in uniform, took me into the briefing room, sat me down, showed me the materials, showed me the pictures, and said, you will not get any further information today, and there's no video. I said, I was told I was going to get to see a video. He said, you are not. I said, I was told I might be signing some additional paperwork. He said, you will not. And I left. I thought that what I'd seen was legitimate, but not the full thing. Now, I think what I was shown was a hoax and not the real thing. Instead of a film, which he was expecting, Green was shown written autopsy reports of what he was led to believe concerned alien bodies, as well as glossy photos of what appeared to be an alien autopsy procedure of some sort. This is interesting enough on its own, but what makes this even more controversial is his continued assertion that several shots from the briefing did appear in the Santilli film from 1995. Remember the Santilli film dates from 1995, seven or eight years later. Here's Green's statement. Several, let me repeat, several shots from the pictures I was shown then later appeared in the grainy Santilli film. Not the body. I never said it was the body. It was the face still. It was the shot of the subject. It was the shot of the wall. It was the shot of the table. It was the shot of a part of a foot. It was not the shot that I could say was the same body. The point is too important to ignore. Green insists the body was different, but the face was apparently was the same, as well as other elements in the stills that he was shown. It's entirely possible for someone to argue that his memory of what was shown is flawed, Perhaps he saw what he saw was similar, not the same, although even this would be very interesting. But as far as Kit Green can remember from an event now over 30 years ago, parts of what later appeared in the Santilli film were shown to him in this Pentagon briefing from the late 1980s. This is what he maintained in the 2001 emails, and he maintains now. So, why would he be shown these pictures first of all why is he getting this briefing and it seemed like such a limited briefing we want you to know that there's aliens we want you to look at the autopsy film and and then that's it we're not going to give you any further access on that that seems very suspect to me now again i don't have the whole story i don't know was that a need to know because of the job that he was doing i have no way of knowing that because i can't ask the man that question but that seems like a very important question otherwise what was the point of showing that to him and why produce this fake video with some real images in it unless kit green is the pawn here now maybe kit green's just running some deception here and just throwing us all off or maybe this is a long con here back in the 80s and if that's the case think about that back in the 80s that's like a 35 year plan and I'm not talking just 80s to then, you know, the, he showed in the picture and then in the 90s, the video is released. And now in 2019, the the leaked Wilson memo comes out and we're bringing this up again with different light. Are we gradually being herded in a specific direction of thought 
What is that direction of thought? At this point, I have no idea. Maybe I'm just looking for something where there's nothing there. But Green believes the film is a fake. Um, his fun, This is important. His fundamental answer was that over the years, he has put together innumerable pieces of data in which nothing I've ever been shown or told about the program, allegedly with aliens and autopsies, none of the body of information has turned out to be true or that he could confirm. I asked him if by saying this, he was simply trying to protect himself from a new storm of controversy. I offered my opinion that it seemed unlikely that someone of his stature would be hoaxed in a Pentagon briefing, one that took place with a skiff, no less, and a risk, too, since his medical expertise is of the highest level, and since he has read and prepared countless autopsy reports. It seemed like a stretch that he would be hoaxed by the Pentagon in this in his briefing, and why, I wondered. Why would the Pentagon hoax him? Uh, and I want to share... Okay. I'm going to read this next piece here and then and then I'll I'll, let, I'll leave it to you to look at the rest of this document. This is an extra, uh, this is called other alien autopsy videos. Before answering this, Kit Green had more revelations. He told me that he in fact seen quite a few videos of purported alien autopsies, roughly a dozen. Other than the one he was shown at the Pentagon, all these others were brought to him brought to his home in Detroit left in his mailbox or on his doorstep. These were various packages containing either VHS tapes or, as time went by, CDs or DVDs. Green said that any video not accompanied by documentation was of no use to him. But some of the videos did have documentation. All this appears to have taken place during the 80s and 90s, although the specifics are not clear. This is an extraordinary thing. One of the packages even arrived with a purported alien tissue sample. Kit Green, as far as the tissue was concerned, there was one instance that to this day I have not been able to rationalize or reconcile. One of the packages of materials that I had delivered to my doorstep purported to be tissues from an autopsy of an alien in Area 51. It appeared to be with documents that were legitimate, but remember, they appeared on my doorstep in Detroit. Richard Dolan, no providence. Kit Green, some of the documents, some of the documents actually appeared to be highly technical genetic analysis of neural tissues taken from one of the alleged aliens. It was apparent that it was probably a biopsy or necropsy sample of tissues. It was apparent because it was in in the format in which laboratories liked and the kind of uh, in which laboratories liked that kind of material. And it was replete with descriptions of reverse trans. Uh, transcriptase analysis purporting to show that the genetic fingerprints were alien. I took that material and presented it to a subgroup that I was chairing at the National Academy of Sciences. One of the people who was on my committee with the, was the chairman of the Department of Genetics and the chairman of the Department of Molecular Biology at arguably one of the top five medical schools on the East Coast. I gave the material to the chairperson. The chairperson took four or five hours in such attention and analysis that the chairman left the room of my committee hearings and came back four hours later and said, I regret to tell you what I think, Kit, and did, and said the following. This is a clever hoax. The person that wrote this did it with intention to convince, but the language sounds many times interspersed in the sentences as if somebody with a master's degree in genetics is pretending to be a geneticist at a postdoctoral level and is supplementing the phrases from Google. It's absolutely a hoax, 
but is an intentional hoax in which this material has been transposed to 15 pages. But I assure you it is garbage. That was important to me because this person was a member of the National Academy of Science Committee that I chaired, okay? Richard Dolan, yes. Kit Green, this, this individual was a physician MD who was board certified internal medicine and had a, a subspeciality certification in medical genetics and a PhD in molecular biology and was the chairman of, at that time, the largest genetics and molecular biology medical school department and arguably one of the top five medical schools on earth. I also asked the individual to do the courtesy of, without any bias, showing it to some others in the department. That happened, and subsequently, the individual's reference was confirmed. Now, since that time, I have worked on the document a lot, and there are some parts of that that I just told you that make no sense. Even as a hoax, I'm going to tell you what they are, and you'll understand why they don't make sense. Given what I just told you, I've never been able to let go of that document. Some of the words in the document referring to some of the techniques to do the reverse transcriptase subtests were not invented yet. And I've got that document. They were invented 15 years later, just in the last five years. But the words, although they are buried within what the individuals I told you said were clever hoaxes using Google to buttress fancy sentences together, so much so that the chairman of the department and colleagues couldn't make any sense of it scientifically, once in a while the words were early. And my only conclusion, it's my hypothesis, this is not a proof, my hypothesis is the hoax was developed at the top by people who subsequently in the classified biological programs went on to patent the technologies six, seven, eight, ten years later. Now my work has shown this theme consistently. Richard Dolan, I can't understand the logic of hoaxing you to make you believe this was alien material. Well, they are also embedding future technology, future patents in this document and showing this to you. I don't understand why there would be any logic to that. It makes no sense. All right, back to the article. Green's conclusion, albeit tentative, is that this was a high-level non-government hoax utilizing means to drive financial connectivities on programs that are related. This is the most definitive statement he made on the matter. But then there is the Pentagon briefing. How to answer this as a hoax? His answer was, on one level, that he did not know precisely why, but he ascribes it to what is known as active measures. It's a very classic intelligence operation, he said. The idea of doing this is not new, and it's not unusual. There's a whole school of intelligence operations research, which is built around the notion of taking the very best trained people you've got and convincing them of small things in an active measures program that are untrue. This is a huge area. He continued, in the active measures program in the agency, CIA, at one time, there were large numbers of people involved in this. There were hundreds, okay? The idea of convincing some individual person of something that is incorrect is absolutely not unusual. I needed to, I, my apologies for reading so much from this article. I needed to go through that part. I needed to, to share word for word Dolan's account and what he pulled from Kit Green. I think that's all important. The active measures is highly significant. What Kit Green is saying is that intelligence officers will go through a great deal of work and effort to convince somebody, a credible person, that something untrue is true. Is that what's being done on a massive scale here? Now, what's interesting is that 
the document Kit Green had was confirmed by people in, I don't want to be experts in those fields that they seemed like a hoax because the language was just poor. However, the procedures they were referring to were not invented at the time that Kit Green received that document. So he's confused as to why they're referring to some of these things that don't exist, that didn't exist at that time, but were patented six to seven years later. What does that mean? I think at a minimum it means that somebody was involved in a secret program that was employing these advanced procedures or techniques or technologies that doesn't make them alien it doesn't make them time travelers but it doesn't rule that out either so where does that leave us i i i don't i don't know so what i'm going to say is take another healthy dose of skepticism as more things come out we, we need to be careful with the information we're consuming. I, I, I mean, this is, is this fake news? Is this deception? Is this misinformation? Why can't we get a straight answer on this? I wish I had the answer. I, I, I really do. Um, I don't know. Okay, but I need to shift gears here. I I heard Jeff Rents talking about this, and I just pulled a, a story um, related to what Rents was talking about. We're talking about fake news, and uh, we don't know what to trust. This is from the Los Angeles Times. It's titled "U.S. Unleashes Military." to fight fake news and disinformation. This is by Bloomberg, dated September 1st, 2019. Fake news and social media posts are such a threat to US security that the Defense Department is launching a project to repel large-scale automated disinformation attacks as the top Republican in Congress blocks efforts to protect the integrity of elections. The Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency wants custom software that can unearth fakes hidden among more than 500,000 stories, photos, videos, and audio clips. If successful, the system, after four years of trials, may expand to detect malicious intent and prevent viral fake news from polarizing society. Now, that's already happened. Society's been polarized. But here we go. Um, what's interesting that this talks about is basically they want to unleash... AI or an algorithm, some kind of tech to go after fake news crafted by AI and algorithms. What we're looking at here, they're, they're, they're trying to fight Skynet, as crazy as that sounds, on an informational level right now. We're looking at Alex Jones, InfoWars. We're looking at that right now. An actual war on information, and they're bringing DARPA, the military, in to do it. Does that mean that it's actually that out of control? 
Now, if you last week I talked about the documentary The Great Hack, where they said that this, you know, the Cambridge Analytica scandal, it was a weaponized uh, campaign that was used against the American people during the 2016 election. Or is that fake news? I don't think that it is. I just, I, I don't think we realize what's at stake here, myself included. I feel I'm a little better informed than, than many out there, but I still have no clue what's going on. I want to go back to this article. A decade ago, today's state-of-the-art would have registered as sci-fi. That's how fast the improvements have come, said Andrew Grotto at the Center for International Security at Stanford University. There's no reason to think the pace of innovation will slow anytime soon, and that's correct. It's going to increase exponentially. Uh, U.S. officials have been working on plans to prevent outside hackers from flooding social channels with false information ahead of the 2020 election. This drive has been hindered by Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell's refusal to consider election security legislation. Critics have labeled him Moscow Mitch, saying he left the U.S. vulnerable by meddling by Russia, prompting his retort of modern-day McCarthyism. President Trump has repeatedly rejected allegations that dubious content on platforms like Facebook, Twitter, and Google aided his election win. Hillary Clinton supporters claimed a flood of fake items may have helped sway the results in 2016. Again, go back and watch The Great Hack and you'll see where, the, where that really lies. The risk factor is social media being abused and used to influence the election. Syracuse University Assistant Professor of Communications Jennifer uh, Grigiel said in a telephone interview, it's really interesting that DARPA is trying to create these detection systems. But good luck is what I say. It won't be anywhere near perfect until there is legislative oversight. That's a huge gap, and that's a concern. False news stories and so-called deep fakes are increasingly sophisticated and making it more difficult for data-driven software to spot. To spot, artificial intelligence imagery has advanced in recent years and is now used by Hollywood, the fashion industry, and facial recognition systems. See the connection? Researchers have shown that these so-called generative adversarial networks, or GANs, can be used to create fake videos. All right. There's more to that. Uh, I will save that for you to look at in the show notes. But basically, now the military is getting involved to combat fake news. It's a real problem. Uh... We can't trust anything, nothing, except drone intuition. And how long before that gets hacked if it hasn't been already? And I don't mean that to scare you. This is a show where I have more questions than answers. And I need to leave it at that, and we need to keep questioning and searching for those answers. I don't know what the UFO connection is. And I want you to think about this this week. Looking back at the UFO stuff. Are we being misled? Is this a giant false trail? If so, what is it covering up? What is it hiding? Who stands to benefit from us believing these things come from outer space. This is one big psyop. Side note, it is interesting that people who under controlled 
laboratory conditions took was it psilocybin one of the psychoactives reported encountering beings similar to or identical to grays and alien abduction procedures does that have something to do with it are we being misdirected is this more of a spiritual thing or an interdimensional thing well, where do these craft come from? Is our planet not what we think it is? And again, I'm not flat earthing it here. I, I don't know. There's perspective we don't have. I'm going to leave it there, my friends. Uh, apologies for just reading so much, but I, I felt that it was better to hear it directly from Dolan's article than for me to try to summarize it. So let me know your thoughts. Let me know if you have any more information, send it my way. We can dissect this even further. I want to direct you quickly. If you want to support what I'm doing here, if you want to support the show, please check out my new book. I am human food for the archons, humanity's psychic connection, simulated realities, parallel worlds, and the manipulation of mankind. SixthSenseMedia.net slash Archons or go right to Amazon.com. You can find it there on both Kindle and paperback. I'm out of time. I need some sleep. Have a wonderful week, my friends. I'll be back next week to go further down those rabbit holes out there. I'm Dennis Nappy II. This has been another episode of The Secret Podcast where small changes among the masses can have a massive impact around the world. I encourage you to be that change. Never stop questioning Keep an open mind and let your intuition be your guide. Thanks for listening.